Politics, Politics, and Life Sciences Radio, also known as PLS Radio, is a show about the interplay of life sciences and politics. PLS Radio is hosted by Dean L. Finelli, Ph.D., an intellectual property attorney in Washington, D.C., whose practice focuses on issues connected to the life sciences industry. PLS explores cutting-edge topics involving the biotech and pharma ecosystems, political and governmental policy issues affecting the biotech and pharma industries, and much more. PLS guests include scientists, business, medical professionals, media personalities, newsmakers, and political leaders. Politics and Life Sciences Radio is your place for hot topic discussions and real news in the life sciences industry. Now, it's time for Politics and Life Sciences Radio with your host, Dr. Dean L. Finelli. Good afternoon. This is Dean Finelli with Politics and Life Science Radio. Thank you for joining us today where we talk about all the issues in the life science industry and the politics that drive that industry. I'm very happy today uh, to have as our guest Dr. Matthew Yusefzada. Uh Dr. Yusefzada is with the Institute on the Biology of Aging and Metabolism uh, in the Department of Biochemistry, Molecular Biology, and Biophysics at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. So uh, we'll talk to Dr. Yusefzada in a few moments. Uh, but what's going on in the world? The uh, COVID looks like it's, you know, we all want it to kind of go away. And, you know, with the crisis and worse situation going on in Ukraine, that's really taken precedent in the news. So uh, COVID's kind of taken a back burner, but nonetheless, it still remains. Uh, BA2, the subvariant of Omicron, uh, is very highly much transmissible, more so even than BA1. Uh, it's now represents about little over 50% of the cases in the United States. Uh, luckily, it doesn't appear that uh, the subvariant is more uh, or pro- provides more serious symptoms or increases in hospitalizations, but it definitely does seem to be uh, more contagious, uh, which is pretty surprising given the how contagious uh, the original Omicron variant uh, BA1 was. Uh, it looks like Americans are, you know, in addition to COVID, which we're hoping to put in the back rearview mirror at this point, Americans are very worried about what's going on in the Ukraine situation, not only because uh, of the indirect effects of it, uh, which have caused price increases, gas increases, uh, gas price increases, but also eight in 10 Americans are concerned that the decision making by the Biden administration could potentially lead us into a nuclear war. Luckily, uh, you know, this really insane rhetoric that's been coming out of Russia uh, seems to have gotten toned down a little bit earlier this week uh, when Russian, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Lazarov, uh, indicated that they were not going to use, uh, there was no intent to use nuclear weapons uh, in in Ukraine. But nonetheless, uh, what Russia says and what Russia does uh, in many cases don't line up. Uh, the military looks like it wants to replace human decision-making in the battlefield uh, with AI, artificial intelligence, which is very interesting. You know, you think about uh, Terminator and all these crazy stories out there and where we're going with AI and the military. Uh, You know, not something uh, I think many people want to think about decision making when it comes to, you know, on a battlefield being left up to a computer. But nonetheless, uh, you know, as we move in that direction, certainly uh, other countries that are moving in that direction, the U.S. has to keep up pace. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I'd like to bring on our guest now. 
Uh, Dr. Matthew Yusefzadeh, as I mentioned, Dr. Yusefzadeh is with the Department of Biochemistry, Molecular Biology, and Biophysics at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. He's published uh, many papers uh, in scientifically uh, peer-reviewed journals uh, with heavy emphasis on cellular senescence and aging, <clears throat> excuse me, aging, uh, and particularly, uh, you know, mentioning COVID, uh, we know COVID has a, uh, a more severe effect on people over 65. Uh, so Dr. Zuseftis is also looking into this. Uh, and he's also on the scientific advisory board of SRW Labs. Uh, and so we're very lucky to have him with us today. Dr. Zuseftis, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, maybe, you know, we hear the term senescent cells. Maybe you could just start off describing what are they? Yeah, so they're called senescent cells or sometimes in the media, they're also referred to as zombie cells. And these senescent cells are really cells that over time in our body, they become stressed out through either intrinsic damage, so damage arising within the body or within the cell, or extrinsically, it could be something environmental, um, whether it be uh, an infection like a virus or environmental exposures, these cells become stressed and they activate a program pathway that no longer allows them to divide, which is great because you could be preventing them from becoming a cancer cell. But these cells are still metabolically active and pumping out tons of inflammatory material, which is not great in the long term for us either. Um, but when we're younger, our immune systems are capable of removing these cells. But as we grow older, our immune systems become less capable. And in fact, they themselves become senescent as well. So we start to build up a lot of these senescent or zombie cells in our tissues with age. And it really can impact tissue function as well as regeneration. And you've been looking into how this, these type of cells may uh, affect individuals with COVID. Uh, what's the, the tie in there? So the tie-in is we know these senescent cells accumulate in our bodies with age. Um, and at first, we thought them just sort of accumulation of them, but they turn out to be actually drivers of aging themselves. And so we sort of looked at what was going on with COVID and the elderly or people with uh, pre-existing conditions. And we know many of those pre-existing conditions, as well as age, they have this heightened level of senescent cell burden. And so we thought that this is what could be driving the cytokine storm, that these dysfunctional cells were sort of primed and ready to go to start dumping out tons of inflammation. So when we, when we think about senescent cells, are they, is it just an invariable fact of life that as you grow older, you'll have these and you have to deal with them? Or is there something, you know, we can do proactively to kind of, you know, maybe stop the formation of them, or even once they're there, uh, get rid of them? Yeah, so they're going to accumulate. It's sort of an undeniable biological fact. You know, you can probably moderate some of this through diet and lifestyle, um, but we've been working on for the past seven years a class of drugs called senolytics, and these are compounds, some of them even being natural compounds that can selectively eliminate senescent cells. And in preclinical studies, they've not only shown extension of lifespan in the preclinical studies, but also this extension of what's called health span or disease-free survival. And that's really what we're trying to target so that um, we can extend as many healthy years as an individual has. 
So that, that's an interesting distinction. So when we talk about lifespan, you're just basically talking about how, how old someone or how long someone lives, whereas health span, it sounds like you're referring to having sort of those older years of life be to, to live in a more proactive way. Is that a good way of describing it? Or is there some formal yeah, definition no, of life pretty- and health span? That's pretty much it. Lifespan is kind of that end number that's on the headstone of the grave. And then the, uh, the health span is sort of your quality of life. Maybe instead of living to a hundred and things start to fall off at 70, you know, things happen at 98 or you die at a hundred from a skydiving accident. That's interesting. So, you know, when we think about these senescent cells, um, you know, and we often hear about when you're talking about immunity, we've discussed on this show how after you hit 40, 50 years old, your immune system tends to really drastically fall off. Is there a tie in between senescent cells and immunity or is it or or when do our cells start sort of having the forming these senescent cells? Our bodies start forming these senescent cells. I'm sorry. So you start making these cells as you sort of reach adulthood and maturity. And you're, you're totally right. Senescent cells actually play a role in what's called immunosenescence. And immunosenescence is this concept of the progressive and age-related decline of immune function. And there's a number of things that, you know, if it can be the effect of your adaptive immune response, sort of how that like where the elderly don't produce as many antibodies when uh, exposed to vaccines. You know, they typically have very poor efficacy uh, for vaccinations in the elderly. And so they have to give larger doses to sort of try to ameliorate some of that effect. Um, These are all sort of things that senescent cells and other cell types can play a role in. We are talking with Dr. Matt Yusef Sada uh, of the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis about senescent cells. Uh, Dr. Yusef Sada, what, what can, you know, what can I do? You know, I'm coming up on 50. Uh, what can I do to kind of help myself? Are there, you know, things I should eat, supplements I should take, or certain lifestyle changes you should make to, uh, you know, as we mentioned, sort of flush these senescent cells or uh, extend the, or delay the formation of them? So I th- I obviously diet and exercise, probably with the consultation of a physician. One of the things that we've worked on, like I talked about before, were these senolytics or compounds that can selectively target senescent cells. And one of them is this natural product called facetin. And it's found in strawberries. And facetin was shown in preclinical studies to extend lifespan in, as well as health span and is currently in a number of clinical trials for frailty as well as COVID-19 and osteoarthritis. Um, And so facetin has been shown to remove these senescent or zombie cells. Um, The only unfortunate thing is you can't eat enough strawberries to get the biological benefit of it. There's so little that's there. So you, you probably either go broke from buying strawberries or you get sick and tired of eating strawberries. So really, supplementation is probably going to be the key way to receive the biological benefit of the setting. And are these supplements uh, available at a GNC or a drugstore, or are they something uh, you have to purchase? Yeah, they're, uh, no, you can purchase these at pretty much any supplement store um, or the company that I'm a part of scientific research wellness or SRW.co 
sells them in a formulation on their website as well, too, called Cell 3. But you can get this over the counter. Historically, the set was purchased by people that were interested in using it for cognitive enhancement. And what were the res that's interesting. What were the results of that? Did it show any clinical uh, active or efficacy in, in that regard? So it hasn't been, it hasn't undergone any actual trial, but we know that in preclinical studies with animal models of Alzheimer's disease, facetin has shown a, a positive impact on disease pathology. Interesting. So if people want to learn more about, uh, you mentioned SRW Labs, um, what's their website again? It's srw.co. .co. Dr. Zasefta, thank you very much for your time today, and uh, sorry for the uh, mispronunciation of your name, uh, but that was really incredible information and really important. You know, when we think about uh, looking back over the last couple of years, uh, what we've dealt with with the pandemic, you know, it really seems like a lot of people, you know, just call people off guard, not only in the sense of obviously, you know, no one was expecting a pandemic, but just overall, from a health perspective, it just seems like we've been on our heels. So it's great to talk with you and hear about different things people can do to remain healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. So uh, thank you again for joining us today uh, and wish you all the best. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for joining us today on Politics and Life Science. This is Dean Finelli. We were talking with Dr. Matthew Zusefsida from the University of Minnesota, uh, talking about senescent cells, uh, how they affect the body, uh, what we can do to kind of eliminate them from the body, uh, some supplements that are available. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in uh, removing these and want to go out and eat some pallets of strawberries, you know, feel free to do that. But according to Dr. Zafsida, uh it looks like srw.co on their website, they also offer a supplement that'll uh, probably do a little bit better job of that. So thank you again for joining us today. Uh, thank you to Dr. Zafsida, and we look forward to talking with everyone again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Politics and Life Sciences Radio with Dr. Dean L. Finelli. For more information, check us out at facebook.com slash politics and life sciences.